love the church? How did Jesus love the church? Ultimately, he gave his life for it. So it's a legitimate question. You just want to be careful about the timing of when you ask it, okay? <laughs> now here's a question for all of us to chew on this morning. Does Jesus ever ask you and I to be his valentine? Does Jesus ever ask you and I to give our lives for him? Literally. That's a few light years deeper than please let Jesus into your heart, isn't it? That's one of the most common ways we ask people to get saved in America. Uh, just let Jesus come into your heart. And I, I don't want to belittle that. But Jesus doesn't want permission to hang out in a corner of your heart. He wants the whole thing. He wants your whole life. And so we start in Matthew chapter 22, verse 34. So we're going to answer the question, does Jesus ever ask you and I to be his valentine? When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. So they're testing Jesus with a question. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Which is the biggest, most important one of all? And Jesus said to him, uh, would you do it with me out loud in unison together? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. You notice something there? If, if we were writing um, this sentence in a good old American, get the point across English, we would write it this way. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Heart, heart soul, and mind. That's how we would write it. How did Jesus speak it? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. So what happens? Each one of the three is equally emphasized, and when you put all three together, you get all, all, all. And we know what happens for the Hebrew people. When you say or write or emphasize something three times, it means that it goes on into infinity. Infinity. So that's why the angels around the throne of God are always singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. So we are doing what? We are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our minds. That's the whole thing. All our hearts, all our souls, and all our minds. But doesn't Jesus realize that if we love him, with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, that that kind of total commitment will get us in trouble with lots of people in our country, in our world? who don't have the safe life commitment, doesn't he realize it'll make life hard for us? Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. Jesus speaking to the disciples. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for whose sake? For Jesus' sake. For what purpose? To, say with me, to bear witness. 
to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, he doesn't say if. He says, when they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. This is one thing you'll note when you read the Jesus Freaks book. Story after story after story of, of Christian martyrs down through the ages, you will notice this. They have peace. Their faith is strong. There's boldness there on occasion. There's no crying and whimpering and begging. There's none of that. Because if we come to that moment and we do love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, and mind, then the Holy Spirit is within us and fills us and gives us all we need for that moment. Hallelujah. He even gives us the words to speak. Verse 21, brother will deliver brother over to what? Ouch. And the father, his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to what? And you will be hated by all for whose name's sake? Jesus' name's sake. But the one who endures to the end, you might be the only one. You might be the only one in the room. You might be the only one in the county. You might be the only one in the state. I don't know, but even if you're the only one, what? But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Well, that sounds a lot like, will you be my valentine? <laughs> Doesn't it? Will you willingly give your life for Jesus? Sounds an awful lot like that. He might be saying that to us. How about a little bit more directly? Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he, Jesus, must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. Now I want you to know, Jesus does not lightly ask you and I to be his valentine, to be willing to give our lives for him. He does not lightly ask such a thing, and like any good commander in the field, right, you would never ask your troops beneath you to do something you're not willing yourself to do. Was Jesus willing himself to give his life? Oh, we know this story well. It's our favorite story. He just told the disciples over and over and over again, I am going to suffer. The God who made the whole universe, who created you, who loves you. I am going to suffer. I'm going to be killed. But on the third day, I'll be raised. Verse 22. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. We're never going to let you suffer. We're never going to let you be killed by people against your kingdom. You're going to rule and reign on the throne. People are going to bow down to you. That's how it's going to go. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Now, I'm, I'm in no way, shape, or form trying to bash the United States of America. 
But I'm just telling you, we've had such wealth and freedom and safety and protection and comfort for well over 200 years. Yes, there's been civil war, there's world wars, there's been issues, I get it. But we've never fought a foreign combatant on our own soil other than the terrorist attacks, right? 911. We've never. We've had it so easy as Christians in this nation that we naturally think about the things of humanity first. We think about our safety, our comfort, and the joys of our freedoms first. And we make those the most important things in our lives, and we're wrong if that's the most important thing in our lives. If our only prayer for ourselves and our loved ones is God keep us safe, then you're not concerned about the things that God is concerned about. And I'd be willing to bet you that probably, I don't know percentage, vast majority of Christians in America, the main prayer that's lifted up is God keep me and my loved ones safe. That's what Peter's concerned about here. Jesus says, you're not thinking about the, what God's purposes are. You're not thinking about the things God's thinking about. All you're concerned about is worldly, this life stuff. And this is a spit in the wind compared to eternity, Peter. I must suffer. I must die. I've got to go to the cross and die. Otherwise, eternity is a mess. Nobody's going to get there. You are not setting your mind on the things of God, but the things of man. Verse 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, fix this thing here. It's going south on me. And Jesus, Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his what? Take up his car with a seatbelt and a pillow protector. I'm not making fun of those safety devices. I'm just saying it's such a different mentality. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Forever, whoever would save his life for this world will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. It's such a completely different mindset. And we don't naturally go there. That's why we need the word of God. We need a relationship with Jesus that captures our hearts and minds and attention. Do you want it even more directly? <laughs> Say, say, bring it, Pastor Joe. I heard a few. Bring it, Pastor Joe. Right? Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. This is among the letters of Jesus to the seven different churches. There's going to be two different churches directly involved in this, this uh, topic area here. Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. Jesus says to this church, do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. Well, that's, you know, that's rough, but that's not too bad. That you may be tested. Okay, we understand. 
And for 10 days, you will have tribulation. That's rough. Tribulation is tougher than trouble, right? We talked about that recently. Tribulation is tougher than trouble. Be faithful unto, whoops. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Does Jesus ever ask us to be his valentine? Does he ever ask us to give our lives for his name, for his sake? This church, he said, you're about to be rounded up and taken to jail. You're going to be tortured. You're going to suffer. There's going to be tribulation there. And I want you to be faithful. It's going to go on for 10 days, and then some of you are going to die. But I want you to be faithful to me all the way, even unto death. Verse 11, he who has an ear to hear what the Spirit says to the churches, let him hear. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. That second death is... First death is physical death for this life. Second death is separation from the God of life forever in hell. Verse 12, second church in the topic today. To the angel of the church in Pergamum write, the words of him who has a sharp two-edged sword. I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. It was a wicked town, wicked leadership, evil people. Yet you hold fast my name, and you did not deny my faith, even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was what? Killed among you where Satan dwells. So what did Jesus say there? I know where you live. I know you live in a place where my faithful Christian children are being killed for their, their faith in Christ. He says, hang on. You, you didn't deny my faith even in those days. Jesus pats him on back. He loves him for it. He lets them know. This stuff is coming their way. Yes, to answer the question directly, Jesus does ask, literally. Here he commands that second, that first church, he commanded them to remain faithful unto death, to love him with all we have, heart, soul, and mind. How in the world can Jesus ask such a thing of his children? We, even though we've had all these passages, I could pull out 10 or 15 more people. We could be here all morning. When we read these, we think, yeah, that's, that's rough. Gee, I hope I would stand for Jesus. And we go right on by. Because it's, we don't have, nobody's going to come busting in that door this morning with AK-47s and make us deny Jesus or die. It's not going to happen today. It is happening in nations all around the world. So Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, again, we can go to tons of passages to close out today. But here's the one we're going to use this morning. Ephesians chapter 5. How can Jesus ask such a thing of you and I? Ephesians 5, 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Does Jesus expect us to do this out of some terrible test, out of some... There's so many negative ways we can look at it. We are his beloved children. The most powerful witness there is in the world to other people who aren't yet believers is if we are willing to stand for Jesus, give our lives for the sake of his name. The, the famous Tertullian quote is, uh, the church is built in the blood of the martyrs. Wherever there is persecution like this happening around the world, 
salvation is, is spreading like a wave. The Chinese have been doing everything they can think of to crush the Christians and the church in China. It keeps on growing, and they can't stop it. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. Jesus did it for us first. He gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now I know, I understand this is specifically speaking of Jesus and his sacrifice saying, Jesus' sacrifice, his death on the cross was a fragrant offering to God. So I love that image where if you have rose petals, if you crush them, they release tenfold their fragrance into the, the air, right? That's, that's the picture, that's the description here. When Jesus' life was crushed out of him due to our sin upon him, when, when his life was crushed out of him on the cross, it was a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. And when you and I love the Lord with all of our hearts, all of our souls, and all of our minds, even to the point where we don't, we don't hold back and we don't cringe from giving our lives like Rumpin for the name of Jesus. That too is a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. I can show you wonderful Bible passages that God takes note, obviously, of such a sacrifice on our behalf. There are wondrous rewards in heaven for those who give their lives for Jesus. We're not jumping the line for it, for the rewards, amen? But the Lord takes note. It's a fragrant offering to him and a sacrifice to him. So again, I'm not bashing America today. I'm just saying, folks, we don't see the scriptures like people in other lands do. They see these passages and they take them as commands from their Savior to stand for him even if they die. And they do every day. Maybe the Lord is um, giving us more and more opportunity in this country. Persecution's coming down. It's tightening up. It's coming. I just saw last night England, Scotland, and Wales recently entertained legitimately laws that would have outlawed hate speech, including talking about marriage being between a man and a woman, things like that, would have made the Bible a source of hate speech, even in homes and in cars. So if you had a conversation in a home and somebody taped it, and you mentioned that you believe that marriage was between a man and a woman, you could be arrested for speaking that in your home. Now, England and Wales backed off from it. Scotland is still actively considering the law. That's a, a Western, third world, uh, you know, modern day industrialized free nation. So this stuff is coming. Let's pray, shall we? I know this is heavy, heavy, deep topic, but I'm like, we American believers, we need to hear this in Scripture because we mostly stay over it and run right past it. We need to take it to heart. Yeah, so let's do that. Oh, Lord Jesus, 
you are wondrous. You're amazing. We know that we weren't worthy of your sacrifice on the cross. And yet that's how much you loved us. And that's how much you loved your father. You asked the father three times in the garden, isn't there some other way that we can save these children? And father, your reply was, no, this is the only way. So Jesus said, I love you. I will do your will. And out of love for us too, we went to the cross. Jesus, thank you for leading the way. Lord, we don't, we don't long for martyrdom. We don't yearn for it or, or anything like that. But God, we do want our faith and our love for you to be tested and to find and, and to be found true. So God, we just pray this morning that you would grow and strengthen and deepen our faith, grow and strengthen and deepen our love for you. Paul often prayed for the people and the Christians he had shared the gospel with. He prayed that you, Holy Spirit, would help us to know how, how wide and how long and how high and how deep is your love for us. Yes, Lord. And then God, help us to grow in our love back to you. That we would love you back with all of our souls, all of our hearts, all of our minds, the whole thing. And Jesus, should you ever need to ask us in a moment in the future, in a sense, will you be my Valentine? Help us with Valentine and Rumpkin and countless others. Help us to say, yes, Jesus, because you are my all in all. Bless you, Father. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, amen.